Welcome to another episode of The Outside Game. I, of course, am the host with the most, Keith Bullock, joined by my main man, co-host, Mr. Don Povia. How you been, Don? Keith, what is good? I've been okay, Mr. Monday Night, but I, uh, yeah, it's it's been a, uh, a couple weeks. I mean, we've had some holidays come through. I think we've both been ill, so just kind of getting the feet back on the ground, if you will. Yeah, you know, um, it's definitely that time of the season um, when you start getting sick. Little kids are in school. We both got, like we already talked about, our kids are pretty much relatively the same age, and they go to school and contract these disgusting diseases <laughs> and, <laughs> and bring them back. That's actually how, um, you know, I I got sick um, over Thanksgiving break. Um but uh, you have a, you have a little different story about your sickness. Yeah, I was hit with old Montezuma's revenge, and we can talk about that in a little while. Uh, but yeah, how are you feeling? We're about five episodes in. I guess this will be number six, uh, right around that holiday season. We're gonna just take a little break on the uh, on the guests right now, and just kind of reflect on uh, yeah, how you think it's going so far. I think it's good. I think it's actually been, you know, surprisingly good. Obviously, I think the guests that we've had have made the shows, you know, go. But then at the same time, you know, my first time really jumping into the water in the podcast world, um, I'm enjoying myself, um, definitely meeting new people and having to, um, you know, expand the way I, I think, um, you know, about the different talents or the different jobs or, you know, um, the different walks of life that our, our guests come from. Yeah, I got to tell you, you come super prepared for these shows too. So it's no no wonder you've been successful on 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 all levels of things that you've done. And it's funny too because when some of these guests are first presented to us, you know, offense to them, I'm I'm trying to think of how it's relevant or how it really applies or, or how interesting it's going to be. And I was teasing Albie about it on, you know, I guess one of the very first ones, but um, I've enjoyed every every single one of them. <laughs> Yeah, I, I did too. And I think, um, you know, I got to, we got to give a shout out to Nando DeFino who helps us uh, get our guests. And, you know, he, he we give him the side eye sometimes. But, um, yo, like you just said, they, they it turns out to be uh, great shows, very entertaining from all three perspectives um, of people that we have on the show. Yeah, and he, he pushes too, but I'm, I'm glad he does. And it's it's not easy. We, we're trying to get people that are here. We get people with verbal commitments and then people can't do it. And then we're booking the space. So you know, there's a lot that goes into it. So people that have been doing this for a while and are successful, you could tell that they've had to put some work into it because when it's a two or even three man operation, it's it's still a lift for us. So you know, I give people credit to, to what you were saying is... Uh, you know, people from all walks of life, man, they're they're talented, they're successful for a reason. Yeah, and then, you know, my whole one of, one of the reasons why I never wanted to really do a podcast is like, you know, how much can you just talk about football or how much can you just talk about, you know, um, different things? But, you know, um, I like our um, chemistry in the sense that, you know, we come from two totally different, you know, worlds, obviously, you know, you started with politics and then me being sports and then, you know, um, you know, now getting to know you over the last decade. And so, you know, with the whole branding and marketing and creative agency to my um, own podcast. So uh, it's been a pretty fun ride. Yeah, for sure. And, and speaking of rides, um, 
you're uh, you're ill. You're sick. These kids, it's like a petri dish. I used to say at the uh, at the preschool, and they they come home. I would think by now we'd be immune to it on number three, but not so much the case. But man, this stuff was hitting you, uh, you know, right around this busy season. Like I said, I think you've uh, you've been doing some travel. You're out in San Francisco, uh, I believe, for the holidays. I think you do that every year. Is that right? When I, um, my wife is from San Francisco, um, from the city, San Francisco proper. Our, um, it's now become one of those transient cities where not too many people are necessarily from the actual city. So, uh, yeah, we tend to go out there. We switch between San Francisco um, for Thanksgiving or Easter and, you know, trying to go see some of my family on the East Coast. So, you know, it's always cool to get out there, go see some of the um, sites of that city, enjoy some of the food. It's always cold as shit, though. It's, you know, you think California, um, warm weather, sunny skies. Uh, yeah, it's it's pretty chilly in San Francisco. But, um, you know, it's always a great trip for sure. So I've never been out to San Francisco, but I, I think you start hearing these stories. I should. But, but well, this is what I'm <laughs> asking you, though, right? Um you know, I, I, what about like overrun by hippies or, uh, you know, people just shitting on the ground out there? You got to read these <laughs> stories now that like it's like this Wild West out there now. Like, how is nah. how is it? Is that is that a fact or is that just like scare tactics? I mean, you see some pretty, you know, unique things to San Francisco, just like you see some unique things to New York City. I don't think that they're um, homeless outdo hours by any stretch of the imagination. Um, you know, it's just you go on vacation and you if you're not from there, um, you might not. And it's a smaller, more condensed city than New York also. You know what I mean? So you might tend to go to different places that are popular, like Hate Street or down on Market, where like the shopping is and stuff like that, um, and see some homeless people. But I feel like it's just like anywhere, man. Like it, Just like when you're in New York, um, you can turn any corner and see somebody doing some inappropriate shit. You know? <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, man, I gotta, I give, I give props to uh, San Francisco. You would really enjoy it because um, there's so many different places to eat, a lot of cool dive bars. They have um, a lot of old, um, local beers and stuff like that, and just like a lot of unique things for you to do, especially with the family or you know even if you and your wife just went. So there's my San Francisco pitch. Nice. Did you, uh, <laughs> did you ever play out in San Francisco against the Niners? Yeah, man, we played. I uh, played in the old Candlestick. Um, we used to play out in Oakland a lot. Wait, did um, they still have the baseball field? Did you play yeah. in the dirt? <laughs> yeah, it's one of the worst. That's um, more so in Oakland, um, but that's one of the worst type of uh, surfaces that you could ever play football on because um, it's like concrete. Once you fall on, you know, second base, when yeah, obviously it's not there. But anytime you hit that infield dirt, it's definitely equivalent to falling on concrete. And the burns and the scrapes are not cool. Uh, I think they. I don't see too many um, teams playing on it anymore. I think um, once Oakland moves to Las Vegas, there'll be no more of those uh, fields. Thank God. Yeah, I think actually it was just the season they they were saying this is the last. It might have been preseason or something. They actually marked it as the last time. You know, anytime, anytime you speak to a, you get an opportunity to interview or you speak to a professional football player, um, ask them what is the worst surface that they have ever played on. But now, seeing some of these new school kids might not have ever had that opportunity. So good. For
good for them. Lucky. Well, speaking of football and, and holidays, what was it like as a player? Now you're a family man. Like I said, it seems like you go out there, you split some time, you travel, you spend the holidays with the family. Um, when do you ever play on, on Thanksgiving or Christmas? Or if not, or if so, either way, um, you know, what was your schedule like? I mean, did you actually get to spend it with, with the family? Uh, well, I, I played on Thanksgiving one year. Uh, I think it was in um, 07 or 08. We played the <laughs> we played the Lions. We actually um, goose-egged them. It might have been like 48-0. Were they wearing those, uh, those old school? That's the best part of the Lions on Thanksgiving is those uniforms. Yeah, pretty I think they had, the, I had the, they had the gray with the blue. That Yeah, I mean, shit, yeah. they took it out. Um, <laughs> I actually, <laughs> my rookie year, I played on Christmas, Christmas night. And um, I actually had a pick six for a touch, uh, pick six uh, for a touchdown, obviously. Um, interception for a touchdown. And um, yeah, I remember there was a party like that night somewhere in like downtown and I had no family in town. <laughs> so um, yeah, but yeah, as you get older. Yeah, but is everybody in, this, everybody in the same boat or no? Not necessarily. I mean, that was my rookie year. So like my rookie year, um, yeah, when I moved to Tennessee, no one in my family moved with me. My brothers, you know, I didn't have that type of situation. You know, um, a lot of athletes might have, like, their uh, family member or somebody moved with them to help them get settled. But, nah, man, once I got drafted, I was I was here by myself. And, um, you know, it got it got easier and more people started to come, I guess, as I got older. Actually, for Thanksgiving, my mom and my grandmother would always come down. That was... Um, that was like a tradition for a while. And then, um, you know, since I've been retired, it's been cool to have the holidays. You know, as family, we, we travel um, like you, like we were talking about. And, um, you know, now with kids, you know, it's really all about them. What's the, uh, what's the favorite city for the kids? Um, they like San Francisco. I think they like San Francisco a lot. They like San Francisco a lot. They also like New York. They don't really like New York in the summertime because uh, they used to go to a camp down um, down by uh, Wall Street, and you know, in the summer it's all hot and stinky down there. That's what they would say. <laughs> so, so usually you send the kids like out of the city, right, to get some fresh air and stuff like that right. on vacation. You send them into the city. Well, I mean, we lived in Jersey, and they wanted we had them in this um this art camp. They wanted to do art, you know, some drawing stuff. And it was easy. You know, you catch the ferry and you just take the little bus right down um, to Wall Street. And they enjoyed, you know, that part of it. But, you know, you can never make them happy. Well, so here we go. Man, this is, you just, I don't even think you know, but you're just teeing us up for this. So speaking of art and travel, <laughs> you, you <laughs> just got back from from yeah. Miami, right? So Art Basel. Is that how art it's Basel. Did you see the banana yeah. with the duct tape thing? I did, and I actually didn't know what was going on. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm glad you didn't know what was going on, because if you do know what was going on, I might have to question you. Yeah, nah, but like, what, the dude, yeah, that's, that's see, that's the thing I don't really understand about art. What's cool about it, you go, you look, and if you're into buying art, obviously a lot of the art is for sale, and you get to meet the artists that um, do th that do the art. And there's so many different um, displays and parties, and you know, actually it was cool because my my wife is in art, like for real. Like 
she like travels to go look at art. So yeah, that definitely makes her into art. Um, but um, it was cool for her to kind of get out there and, and get that whole experience. But um, I had an uh, I had an event out there out there that I that I'm involved in. Um, this one event called Rose Day that I partnered in with my partner, uh, my boy in biscotti um so uh it's really just he decided to you know brand with pierre jouet rose um we do it out in la um in june 8th i bet you didn't know june 8th is national rose day and did now you know they, that now they do i think i do because of you <laughs> and you've uh, done this a couple uh, times now right uh, yeah, i knew so, about the la night i didn't know i didn't realize you're doing it now nah, it was a pop-up okay. you know I, you know um the brand is starting to pick up some steam so um that was my real reasoning for getting out there and you know we actually have three birthdays this month all of our daughters have a birthday so it's good to get to wife out because you know they do all that planning stuff very well i might add yeah, for sure. So people people that haven't been to uh, to Miami for Art Basel, I mean, it's an art show. It's a it's a pop up. I mean, it seems more like it's getting to that like cultural kind of yeah, party very, stage, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, look for for those who haven't been, it's actually a week long. I got there on Thursday. It starts um, on Monday, and it's in between. You know, they have art shows on the beach. Um, I think the. Um, Right down on 8th and Ocean, they have this huge tent where there's, um, you know, displays. They have, you know, bars in there, you know what I mean? Um, these different hotels host parties, uh, American Express host parties. There are parties on Star Island. There are parties in Wentwood, I mean, sorry, Wynwood, uh, which is another part of Miami and Brickell. So, I mean, look, if that's, if that's what you're into, um, even if you're not into it, if you just happen to stumble upon it i think that you would have a pretty good time nice uh anywhere what's up next or are you just uh buckling down for christmas yeah man buckling down for christmas christmas um is a busy time of year like i said i got you know the girls birthdays are coming up so you know do your kids still is santa still come to your house yeah he does uh, yeah i got actually i got a good i got a good story on that um my oldest daughter's 11 my middle's eight the youngest one's almost four so the oldest one wanted to do this elf on the shelf all the time she's been wanting to do it so about two years ago we're like no forget it you're not doing it we're not doing it i don't i don't want the effort my wife is certainly against it right so just kind of shut it down so everybody at school does it right and so i told them Oh well, that's that's for the bad kids. <laughs> like Santa, <laughs> Santa sends the elf down to keep an eye on the bad kids. He doesn't need to keep an eye on you. You guys are good kids, right? So now they're thinking like, oh, our friends at school are bad. Well, two years ago, the oldest one thinks she's smart and she makes her own little elves on the shelves and decides she wants to hide these things for the middle one. So she spent two years like moving these elves around. And if not, I had to do it because my wife wasn't doing it, moving these things around. So. Last year did the same thing. This year when we moved, she has no idea where she put these elves and actually told the middle one that there's no elf on the shelf. These elves, she made it little. The middle one didn't believe oh, wow. her. Devastated, right? Like, oh, my, why did you tell me this? Why did you like just like get right. angry? Trust her. I had to come up and like, because she thought she was just messing with her now, right? And I'm like, no. Nah. So she's crushed. And so 
I, I forget who walked in. It was one of my relatives. It was like, oh, no. Like, is this the Santa Claus talk going on? I'm like, no, you haven't even gotten there yet, man. We're These are just the stupid elves that yeah. were made out of paper that are hiding. So uh, I, I didn't think it would be so difficult because I got some smart kids that like to ask questions, very scientific in thinking. Uh, and then this, like, elf, like, tragedy happened and. uh yeah, I got to now prepare myself for, for when that time comes. Yeah, I would think that that my 11-year-old would have caught on by now. I remember, um, you know, she's about to be 12. But I remember when she was 10, I, like, kind of tried to tell her, like, um, and she's like, what, for real? And I was like, nah, I'm just joking. Because I saw in her eyes, like, she was about to be devastated. So I'm going to let them let her hang on to it. But it's like, come on, man. You're in fifth grade. You still believe in Santa Claus? <laughs> well, like, I, I don't even remember when I when, when it happened for me to be honest. But then, I remember. I saw my grandmother in second grade. She saw her under the tree. She said, "Boy, I go back to bed." I, I mean, I remember like I remember the conversation. I don't remember how old I was or anything like that. But yeah, my uh, the the oldest one. Um, my my wife described it as don't ask, don't tell. <laughs> so right. like that's kind of where we're at. But you know, she was the one that was questioning, like we sent her to like, you know, religion camp, like CCD class, and and she's questioning like, well, how wait, let me get this straight, right? Like for, for religion. Yeah. But this is like blind faith. Uh, man, yeah, we'll and then like I feel I feel like for myself too, um, you know, when like your cousin or somebody, the next door neighbor gets all this stuff and you don't get nothing that you asked for. Like you might get some stuff, but like, look, nah, I didn't, I didn't really ask for this. So, you know what I mean? I just caught on, I just caught on early, you know, the hints were there. The <laughs> well, that's clues, when you, all no, the that's, signs were there. That's when you play against their friends. Oh no, they were bad, right? They need that extra, right? They, they got all this other stuff going on. <laughs> like, uh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. I'm all right with that. But yeah, man. So yeah, you're in Miami, you're in San Fran. I ended up taking this, this trip to uh, the, the Dominican Republic public uh santa domingo and uh, i was kind of stoked for it right going down there with an organization uh called players for the planet it's founded by his former baseball player uh chris dickerson uh yankees former uh number one draft pick uh, first round draft pick uh he slaycott is the president of this thing and the idea was yeah we're gonna go down there there's gonna be a couple dozen dominican baseball players that are already down there we're gonna clean this beach uh and that was it and then we're gonna have a good time but me, I'm thinking it's holiday. I got to buy my time. I'm coming home. So I go in, fly in on Thursday night, get in around midnight. Friday, we go to this beach. And man, it was it was disgusting. Let me just put it that way. And uh, I encourage It's all washed. It's all um, stuff that's washed up to shore. Yeah. So there was a storm a couple of years ago and it brought in what they call this plastic wave. And so this plastic just keeps washing up and washing up and they'll clean it up and then it happens again. And same thing. And then the people there apparently are just okay. Like, well, there's all this trash here. We might as well just throw more on it. So it's just been this systemic like problem that's just been going on. And it, and it's sad because you look at it and I'm like FaceTiming the kids. They're like, Oh, it looks like you're on an Island vacation. I'm like, yeah, it looks gorgeous. And then like looking down, and there's just trash all over. And then there's kids swimming in that water. It's full of trash. It was it was really sad. So, you know, I spent spent the day Friday with the organization. Uh, Nelson Cruz uh, was down there, multi-time all-star. I was talking to him. Actually, I put it on the outside game feed. You know, I said, why is this personally important to you? And he said, you know, we got – we're Dominican. We got two things. We got baseball and we got beaches. <laughs> like that's, that's right. it. It's tourism. And, 
you know, thinking of the haves and have nots. Um, you know, there was, a uh, uh, Ahmed Rosario was there. Um, uh, Brent Suter, uh, actually stayed at our place, uh, pitcher for the Brewers. So that is, it's great. So it was nice. Everybody felt good. Great group of guys that was there, right? Next day or two, they're doing this big all-star game and big poppy comes and Manny's there and Pedro's there. Right? Every big guy's there. So everybody's having a great time. Well, around that time that the, uh, that game's happening, I come home Saturday morning, tired, a little fatigued, right? Went out a little bit on Friday night, but that's all right. Get, my wife made some some chicken tacos, eat these chicken tacos. Middle of the night, my stomach just starts rumbling. I'm like, oh, no, oh, no. And it was just, I don't want to get too descriptive, but it was downhill <laughs> from there for about 36, oh, 40, 48 hours, right? It's just stomach and just coming out the bottom, not the top. Let's put it oh, that way. But now, hurts. right, but you've seen these things like with the Dominican Republic, people getting killed and poisoned and, you know, and, and like with the <laughs> Kana and stuff like that. So I'm just Googling like, you know, like Dominican Republic. That was from alcohol though. No, I was like, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah. That that was with, with those people. But I don't know. With like, those people you know, died, I'm doing, right? Yeah, now. I'm doing Dominican Republic, nausea, diarrhea, right? And like one of the first like ad sites that popped up was like, I was poisoned.com. I'm like, oh, oh shit. shit. So I'm like freaking out. And uh, I just wanted to end. So I go to the doctor's. The doctor's like, yeah, you got a classic traveler's diarrhea. I'm like, is that is that a thing? He's like, yeah, no, that's that's pretty much the clinical term for it. So, I, man, I've been like laid up for the last two or three days uh, from that, not even really able to enjoy it. But uh, looking back, you know, uh, a lot of the pictures and the videos and stuff are coming through. It's uh, really you know, great organization. I think bigger picture, what I was trying to say is that you're just putting a bandaid on it right now, right? What are we doing uh, to really stop it? And I think the idea was, you know, that shock value of what was happening there, raise some awareness and, and move through it. But, you know, I mentioned, I put it on the outside game feed because, uh, you know, I think that's part of, you know, what we talk about, what we do is, is what they're doing outside of, you know, on their day off, like Brent Suter, some of those guys, you know, Nelson lives on the Island, you know, Brent flew down, uh, you know, he's from Cincinnati to come and help because it's, it's a cause that he believes in. So, you know, certainly stuff like that, we want to, you know, if not support, at least bring to light and, and show what guys are doing similar, you know, to what we did with, uh, with the mental health issue and Robin. Um, but yeah, man, I think we, we all have causes and, you know, if we can bring them forth, I mean, you more than anybody, I mean, you have your own foundation. Is that still active or? You just kind of- um, I, I had um, my Believe in the Chief Foundation when I played. Um, I just felt whenever I got an opportunity to be in a position to give back, I would. I had some um, great guys on my team um, when I first got in the NFL that did stuff. I saw how charity events were done. Um, Marcus Robinson used to do one, Blaine Bishop, um, Eddie George, Steve McNair, um, Samari Rowe. All these guys would hold their own charity events and give back to this community of Nashville as well as um you know where they're whatever they were from and I just wanted to um follow suit so yeah I had the Keith Bullock Believe in the Chief Foundation and I still do things um you know around the community and I plan to do more um in this upcoming year with um my new involvement with uh this Just Love Coffee franchise here locally in Nashville so you know, um, charitable uh, things has always been something that uh, I knew that I would do, and I'm 
just glad I had the opportunity. And I also give my time to a lot of the different opportunities. I mean, um, charity opportunities um, around town and, you know, friends and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, we just had the uh, My my Calls, My Cleats campaign with the NFL. So, you know, it's also nice that the league is, is finally embracing that. But doing it in a way, I think that is very – conducive to the players and their personalities. So I've actually really enjoyed, you know, those campaigns over the last couple of years where they've, they've put that to the forefront. Um, so just love is interesting. Uh, you know, I know before we get to that, um, you know, you've mentioned it on the show and, and it's, it's well documented just being a foster child. And I think that that's always been something that you've been out in front of and, and involved. You know, I mean, we, you know, when we first got together, I, I, I think you do, um, you know, like a, a Santa gift shopping spree, right, for kids uh, around the yeah. holidays, things like that, bringing foster kids in, which is awesome. Um, but the Just Love uh, is a good tie-in for a, a lot of what you've talked about and talk about outside game, right, of, of business, of community, of family, of charity, all that stuff rolled in together. Um, you know, it's Nashville-based. Uh, it's a coffee company. You said it was a, a place that you actually uh, were a patron of. Um, you know, and talking about reinvesting back into Nashville, it's a place that you've raised your family. Um, you've chosen to raise your family, I should say, you know, you've played, you've made your home for the better part of your, your adult career. And you wanted to find a, you know, a, a local company that you can kind of get behind. And this one just so happens to have a charitable end to it. So what, what is the charitable end with, uh, with just love? Well, um, it's called. It's gonna be called um, Roots of Love because the founder, uh, Rob Webb, he based his founding. You know, at first, let me ex- hold on. The founder, <laughs> he he started. He wanted to roast. Um, he just started off by wanting to roast coffee beans, and then you know people started coming in. You know, asking if they can get a cup of coffee. And he's like, I don't sell coffee. So what he eventually started to do is, um, you know, roast. You know, roast and brew, and that turned into Just Love um, Coffee Cafe, where. You know, you can come get coffee. Our food is everything is based off of waffles. So you can, we have sweet and savory. I mean, um, sweet waffles. We have savory waffles, um, breakfast, lunch, you know, even dinner. So um, I feel like for myself, um, it's a good way for me to roll my sleeves up and learn food and beverage. Eventually, um, I think that uh, uh, my interests may lie somewhere within uh, the food and be- beverage space. And, you know, like you were saying, you know, um, raising my family here is, is definitely a great way for me to, you know, give to the community and have my kids kind of get involved in, um, you know, every day uh, seeing, you know, their dad owning something, going to work, uh, you know, and, and they can learn some of that, some of those things as well. I think this is going to be like Bob's Burgers, right? <laughs> you ever we'll watch see, that man. show? You, know what, you bring man. the kids in, put them to work after school, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. For well, sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Man, that's that's fun, yeah. man. So, but yeah, now I have a, I have like a three to five year plan with this, you know, um, uh, but, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to, to getting started. I got, you know, all the stuff from payroll to ordering, um, you know, supplies, Good thing I'm going to have to get a good GM, right? 
Are you now? Are you? Is that what uh, you're doing? I mean, if some people just want to. I'm an athlete. I'm gonna lend my name to it, and and you know, you do all the rest, and I'll collect my royalties. You're you're buckling up and and learning all the ins and outs of the business. Yeah, I definitely am. You know, I had uh, I invested in um, a restaurant in on the Lower East Side uh, back in maybe '04 or '05, right after I got my big my my second my first big deal. Um, and, you know, it was just a passive investment, you know, straight up, you know, money invested and, and that's it. Keep it pushing. And it, my, the money that I invested wasn't looked after properly and it wasn't handled correctly. So I ended up losing some money in that situation. But it was a lesson that I couldn't have got if I went to school and learned about being in the restaurant business. You know what I'm saying? So um, this, as I said, if I ever did anything with food and beverage, I would be hands on. So yeah, I definitely will have somebody um, that runs the show, but I'm definitely going to be in the early beginning stages of, you know, getting this up and running and, you know, have it servicing, you know, the community the way that um, it should be, you know. So, yeah, I, I feel like I'm going to be 95% to 98% involved. Look at you. I bet you're going to ride your bike out there too, right? You know, it's a hike. It's, I mean, look, I, I'm a, it would take me a while to get there. Uh, so I just, I just, I just will drive. <laughs> Got that. Well, speaking of uh, taking a while to get there, I think we're right on time here. We talked about maybe doing about 20, 25 minutes. We're about a half hour in, in in this episode here. We just want to do a little recap. I think we're going to talk in the next couple of weeks uh, a little bit about the holidays and and some of the, uh, the Jingle Bell stuff that's coming up and grab some guests coming back through. Um, but yeah, man, uh, I'm glad you're feeling better. You rooted a little bit. I'm, uh, yeah, you too, man. You got that stomach, um, situation under control. I'm about <laughs> 75%, man. Like it was the first couple of days it was like rice cakes, pastina. And like, they said, Oh, you gotta, you know what probiotics are? I'm just like chugging kombucha. So I still got, I got three kombuchas sitting in front of me, right? How now. does that, like that settle, it settles your stomach, right? So what you're saying is like, the Pepto and stuff like and here we go I'm trying to wrap up and talk about my stomach issues again the Pepto kind of kills all the bad bacteria or whatever off right I don't even know the right. technical term for it but then you need to like put the good stuff back in so that's kind of where the cultures and the probiotics kind of like replace you, you. and then Gatorade on top of that so man I, I was at ShopRite the other day and had like a conveyor belt full of like that Gatorade like I said pastina rice cakes and ladies just like yeah I've seen she, your, um, yeah. your, your Instagram <laughs> the, the cashier is like oh you, you poor guy <laughs> like she, she knew what was up man but man, that's no joke. I am, uh, I'm still recovering, but uh, it's good, man. It's good to be back on the mic. Uh, hope you guys enjoyed this show. But um, yeah, until next time, until next week, no more off weeks. Uh, I'm Don Povia. That is Keith Bullock. This is the Outside Game. Peace. Peace out.